y'all, Natalie here. As some of you may recall, last month Elizabeth jumped on and had the opportunity to share her heart, and we decided that going forward we would take turns every other month to share a mini devotional and just have the opportunity to talk with you and let you get to know a little bit more about us on a personal level. So I'm excited this month of June I get the chance just to share where I'm at. Um, But before that, I wanted to jump in and share with you a little fact that some of you may not know about my family. Over here, we have two dogs, a cat, and a bunny. They all have L names. So we have Lacey, Lennon, Lily, and Leo. And we always joke that at some point, our house is just going to turn into a hodgepodge farm of sorts. I feel like each month, we're always having what-if conversations and finding different cute little baby animals that we're always tempted to bring home. Some of it stems from our childhood. Both my husband and I just, I mean, we could go on for hours about crazy stories we have about different pets that we owned, funny things that happened to us with animals. It's just been a really fun part of our life. So I know we want to continue that for our children and it's turning into a farm, I guess you could say. But I wanted to kind of preface that with just that fun little fact about me because I want to start off today sharing a memory of my childhood, specifically a memory related to an animal. So when I was around the age seven, my neighborhood friend and I decided we wanted to open up our own pet rescue service. And I remember we would climb up in the trees in our neighborhood and literally just sit there and kind of stay on lookout looking for any stray animals. And, you know, often we would find a stray dog or a cat. Our neighbor across the street, their dog always got out of their pen and that was something fun we'd get to save. But we just loved being on the lookout. Around the time, we also owned lots of different cats. And I was just a little Pris Southern Belle at the time. And I loved to dress those cats in Barbie doll clothes, baby doll clothes. I mean, you name it. Those poor animals put up with me. I would push them around in strollers in our neighborhood. And I just loved playing with animals. And for some reason, these cats always loved me. I've heard this um, fact, I don't know, I guess you could say myth, that cats are always drawn to the youngest female of the house. And I don't know if that's true or not, but in our family, it was always true. I mean, I remember we had this one black cat that absolutely hated everyone. It would just crawl up your leg. It would hiss at you. It was just a mean cat to everyone in our family, except me. When I was around, it would purr. It would snuggle up against me. The cat loved me. We also had another cat that was pretty angry cat, Tigger, a bright orange cat. And Tigger would actually take baths with me every night, even though he didn't always like other people. And I've just had this weird draw to animals. I don't know what it is, but I feel like animals just tend to like me. And so about the time of our pet rescue service, I have a memory and it's of an animal, but it's not of a cat. It's actually about a very large black potbelly pig. And don't worry, I didn't try to dress this pig in Barbie doll clothes or baby doll clothes, but it was one of the stray animals that I happened to find running down the street of my neighborhood. And I still remember the excitement I felt as a little girl. And imagine with me, I mean, this was a very suburban Southern neighborhood. I most likely 
was in some kind of dress. I'm sure it was a play dress, but I mean, if you look at pictures of me, I'm often playing dress up. I have matching hair bows in my hair, dresses. I was a prissy girly girl through and through. And this pig was loose in the neighborhood and I lit up. I was so excited that for once I got to save an animal other than a cat or dog and I was going to be the hero that saved the day. And I remember racing inside and I grabbed a dog leash, an umbrella, and a spray bottle, gathered up the things, and I ran out and somehow wrestled this big old pig. And I remember the belly was so big, I somehow looped the dog leash around the belly and tried to like tie it off. So that way the pig wouldn't get away from me. And it was kind of pulling this little, you know, curly head, prissy girl along. But I loved that pig. I ended up corralling it to a corner setting up the umbrella. Um, somehow I was smart enough to realize in that South Carolina heat, a black pig was probably really hot in the sun. So I put up the umbrella, put the pig under the umbrella, and then the spray bottle I filled with water and I would spray down the pig because I was so concerned that this big old potbelly pig, my new best friend, was going to overheat in the Southern heat. And I still have memories of sitting there and feeling such joy and excitement, <laughs> thinking I was just the biggest hero that had saved the day. And I was just going to share my heart and my life with this little pig. And of course, I was going to grow attached to it. And of course, it was going to stay home and be part of our family. And I was just so happy. And I'm sure you all know that realistically, that pig never stayed our family. My parents helped me actually track down the owners. Surprisingly enough, it was a pet potbelly pig. It wasn't one that was being raised for other purposes, but it was someone's pet and they were so relieved that I had found it. And later that afternoon, they came and I remember them still picking it up with their truck. And I was so sad to see that pig go. But when I think of that story and just that time of my life and all of the crazy adventures I had um, in my childhood. My childhood was just full of sweet memories. I think of that time and I just immediately think of contentment. There was no other place I wanted to be than sitting there with that big old black stinky potbelly pig, talking to it and making it my new best friend. And that really is how I felt like most of my childhood years were. And when I think of my childhood, that's what I think of. I think of contentment, fond memories, and there were very few times where I was wishing the days away or wanting the next best thing. I feel like intentionality was this unspoken habit and simplicity was just this really unrealized way of life. You know, life was good and I wanted it no other way. I was happy as can be. And when I fast forward to now as an adult, that is so hard to say every single day in and day out. You know, I am often discontent. It's easy for me to fall for the lie that I'm not happy where I am right now. Um, and it's something I do struggle with as an adult. If I'm honest, I feel like as an adult, it's easy to pursue minimalism and simplicity as a means to an end to cure my discontent heart. 
And you know, when my house is cluttered and it's a mess, I am a clean freak. I want everything in place. And it's easy that when everything is out of control and out of place, that I want to place the blames on toys and disorganization for my unhappy heart. You know, I sit there and I think, oh, I'm just not happy because my house is a mess and everything's disarray. But I'm falling for the lie that a put together house means a put together heart. And it's taken me some time to really realize that about myself. You know, I often place order and met expectations and control on the same pedestal of peace, but peace is only found when I can calm my chaotic heart. And I know Elizabeth and I touched on this some when we talked through a few podcasts back about um, just seeking simplicity amidst distractions and being busy. But even with a distraction-free home, I find that there's times that I'm still discontent, and that is when I'm no longer rooted in what truly matters, and that being the gospel. When I think of contentment, I, of course, think of the very popular passage, Philippians 4.11, where Paul writes, not that I'm speaking of being in need for what I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And you know, what stands out to me most about this passage are the two words, whatever situation. When I think back on childhood, it was so easy. That was a situation where I could easily be content, but that's not always the case. I'm not always going to be that small child sitting there with a pig, completely content and happy with her life. You know, there's some days that I'm really tired and I'm tripping over toys or I've just had a hard time with Graham. Sometimes it's hard to feel content when I'm navigating through a season of loss and disappointment. This past year has been really hard for our family. And sometimes I just want to place the blame on the season of life I'm in for why I'm not content. But when I read this passage, Paul writes, whatever my situation, no matter what's going on. You know, when Paul wrote these words, he was in prison for sharing the gospel. He's most likely chained, beaten, I'm guessing was in a lot of pain, was dealing with a lot of suffering. I'm pretty positive this wasn't a situation where contentment came easy for him, and yet he recognized that because he was grounded in the truth. So I wanted to jump on here today and just challenge you that whatever your situation may be, check your heart to see why you are drawn to simplicity. I think simplicity is so great when it becomes the matter of removing the things that are distracting us from what is most important. And to me, what's most important is the gospel and my walk with Christ. And that is why I'm drawn to simplicity. But if you're drawn to simplicity and minimalism, just for the fact of removing items from your heart or trying to control your discontent heart with an easy solution of having less, then even when you own less and you simplify your life, you're never going to really find the peace that you seek. The only true answer for contentment and peace comes from our loving Father, and it comes when we cling to the gospel and we recognize that He is the one in control and He has us in this situation currently. One way that I have found that's really helpful me when I struggle with being content is just finding a way to have an attitude of gratitude and just finding things that I am thankful for in this current season. It's so easy to wish for the next season. You know, when you have a newborn, you're wishing for toddlerhood. When you have a toddlerhood, you're wishing for elementary, elementary, middle, middle, high school. It's just, I feel like very easy for motherhood to be wishing for the next season instead of being content in the day-to-day of where you are. But I have really 
found that my perception and attitude change when I'm thankful and I just find very easy, simple things throughout the day that I can be thankful for and rejoice in. So I want to just jump on here today that remind you and challenge you that whatever your situation, we are called to be content and it's not easy and it's not something that's going to be acquired when we have the most perfectly organized living room, but it is something that we can work on within our heart and as we pursue Christ in all things. So if you happen to see a potbelly pig, please call me up and let me know because I'm sure my inner child will be so excited. (laughs) I might just want a picture with that little potbelly pig. Um, But if not, I just hope that these couple minutes were here to refresh you and just maybe bring a new perspective to something that I know many are dealing with currently. Hope y'all have a great day. 